Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for, you know what? Let's just be honest about this. It's 50 minutes for subscribers. Has it ever been 45 minutes? <laughs> Has there ever been a single upload? <laughs> I think like one time or two times. It's usually at least 20, 30, sometimes I'm even sure 40. I know. It gets a little out of hand when we start waxing friendly. Uh, so let's just say it's 50 minutes for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. I'm back from vacation and I'm raring to go. All right. Well, how was your vacation? Uh, thank you, Brad Binkley, for asking. My vacation was super terrific. I, I did get a firsthand taste of apartheid in Hawaii. That's nice. But it was still fun because I brought all these little bottles of like the things that I make my favorite cocktails with. I could make my own Mai Tais and it was a hell of a lot cheaper doing it that way. So I was really, really happy with that. The weather was good. It was really, really nice. Happy. Loved it. And I'm looking forward to some more socializing. I hope you guys had a good time without me. We did, but we could never replace you. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate that, but I love that you fill in. I know it's extra work for you. And uh, I do want to tell people if they've been missing me, we are going to be here for the Zoom party October 30th. That's this Saturday. It's for patron saints, but we do cut out a little excerpt for all patrons to see after the fact. If you do want to be a part of that Zoom party, then go ahead and become a patron saint. Check your tier and we will send you the link and we will see you on screen. And if you actually want to meet me in the flesh and you happen to live in L.A., I am going to have a meetup on November 6th. It's a Saturday. I am. I was going to do it Sunday, but we're going to do it Saturday instead. And uh, if you are interested in that, please give me uh, a, drop me an email. Write to me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. If you want to know when and where we're going to do the meetup in Los Angeles in actually the Pasadena area, probably Saturday, November 6th. And with that housekeeping out of the way, back in the saddle. Why don't you get me up to speed, Binkley, on the Facebook papers? I don't even know what that means. Well, you will know what it means by the end of the week because there are stories today and there will continue to be stories throughout the week that are being branded as the Facebook papers. I hate these stupid names, the Pentagon papers, the Facebook papers. They're so dumb and they're meant to be dramatic. I'll tell you what the content of the Facebook papers are allegedly, but... That's a secondary story, in my opinion. The main story, I think, is that 17 news organizations are not just collaborating to drive this singular propaganda narrative about the Facebook papers to the American public. They're doing so openly and proudly as though they are righteous. This is some sort of righteous propaganda operation coordinated through all of the mainstream media. I learned about the Facebook papers from reliable sources, Brian Stelter on the most unreliable <laughs> source on television, who told his viewers, this was yesterday, that the upcoming week's worth of breaking news was going to be about the Facebook paper. So he was telling us the future of breaking news before it <laughs> happened. Come and on. he informed us that a 
consortium of news organizations, including CNN, NBC, New York Times, The Atlantic, Bloomberg, and the AP, have all agreed to work together to go through the redacted Facebook papers, which came from Facebook whistleblower Francis Hogan, and all report the damning stories about Facebook's involvement with basically facilitating the January 6th riots and misinformation and hate spreading on their platform. And he boastfully talked about how great it is that all 17 of these organizations were going to be. I mean, this is a coordinated propaganda. Campaign. What are we in North Korea here? <laughs> wow. So many things. So I, I covered with you the Francis Haugen. Haugen. I don't know. Is that how you pronounce your name? Do you think Haugen? Do we know? I don't, I don't know. So I think it's Hagen. Whatever. whatever. Who cares? Probably <laughs> She's a real name. <laughs> phony whistleblower anyway. <laughs> right. So we covered it and we were talking about the different agenda items that they might serve by doing this. And there's always multiple agenda items. And I think the agenda items that we hit definitely are accurate and valid about about transparency and getting a peek into other people's algorithms and regulations and self-regulation and all of that. But... We also identified a long time ago with all those papers and leaks and um, Podesta emails. And the only way to get anything credible out there in the world is to make sure it isn't actually news being reported by investigative journalists. The only way people are going to believe it is if it's a leak or an email. It was released by accident. It was an FOIA request full of redactions. Only way you're going to believe it is if, no, you were never meant to see it. So that what's in those papers and stuff we're supposed to see. And what you just said is described perfectly. I mean, you almost nailed exactly how they phrase it in this army deception manual that I have. Make it seem as though it comes from an inside source, a leak. And part of the talk is that Facebook is filled with thousands of other people just like her. And we could be seeing more whistleblowers and more leaks coming out uh, ongoing. Also going on this week is there's going to be hearings on Tuesday on Capitol Hill with TikTok, with Twitter. I think Facebook has been called to come to Congress as well. And it was interesting to hear Brian discuss this because he had on Senator Bloomingfall. So Senator Bloomingfall kind of talks like he's really frail and about to. But yeah, Bloomingfall, excuse me. And he said something very eye opening, I thought. He said. They were when they were talking about what they want out of this. First of all, he said that even though Facebook says they're open to regulations, that he says those are just platitudes and that we are on the verge of the public really demanding this reform movement. Let's say that again. He told Brian Stelter that we are on the verge of the public really demanding this reform movement. That gets to to the heart of what propaganda is. And that is one of the primary reasons we're getting this onslaught of these consortium of 17 organizations all promoting the same thing is they want the public to demand the regulation so that it is our fault for our own, you know, subservience. It's so weird because the... On the one hand, all of this kind of implies that Facebook is a public service, that it needs to have whistleblowers, it needs to have regulation, it needs to have equity, it needs to be a platform for everybody, and it needs to seems 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 to need to have the kind of structure of a government institution. And but when so that so on the one hand, you need a whistleblower to tell you, just stop using it, just stop using Facebook. But then I make the other argument. 
when libertarians will say, and I totally understand it, if it's a private platform, then we don't even have First Amendment rights there, even though in the world, like a public, like a grocery store, they call public places, places that are really private places that are open to the public, that allow human beings to enter them. So they say they call that a public place. I don't even want to call that a public place. But if it is a public place where you would use the police or whatever, you have to have certain rights that you would need in a public square. I don't even agree with that. But in this case, they have closed down our access to government through First Amendment, all the First Amendment stuff, petition, assembly, speech, all of that. And they've forced us, really literally forced us into the digital world. And we do deserve those, some of those protections. But at the same time, we could take the other approach and not just resign ourselves to the fact that we have to be on Facebook. Facebook is actually the least thing you kind of have to be on. You kind of have to be on the internet. And, and I, I mean, I don't even know how we're supposed to assemble or petition government in any kind of effective way now that we're really not even allowed to go out. Like it's, it, it, I feel like we're getting squeezed. I think I think we're getting squeezed a little bit here. I would agree. <laughs> Interestingly, he said that one of the main things, these treasure trove of redacted documents that all these organizations are going through right now. So I imagine them in dark rooms with lights on. Go, oh, my gosh, I found more damning evidence against Facebook, who was on their side, totally on their side, by the way. Facebook last week just announced that they're giving 10,000 jobs in their partnership with the EU to help build the metaverse based on the values of the online digital values of the EU, which basically means anybody who was in front of the Capitol on January 6th is you know, banished from social media. This is their type of value. So Facebook is strangely doing what they're already being called to do, yet everybody's acting like they're not. But he said that these treasure trove of documents reveal that Facebook puts profit over people. It prioritizes profit over societal good. Damn the shareholders. Exactly what I'm saying. Like, they're making it sound like it's a public thing. And I mean, I'm just at a loss here. But the reason that they want regulation to do what they are already doing is they want to make sure that you actually do not have alternatives. I think this we're coming full circle on what I was trying to get at is that if if they don't have regulations, if they just do it themselves, then any kind of startup or whatever would be able to provide an alternative for us to have a voice. But if they regulate it so that they, you have to have 10,000 censors, you have to censor this exact thing, and then there, there really is no choice. I mean... <sighs> Maybe. Have you heard of Truth Social? No. Truth Social is the social media platform that Trump announced last week. And apparently it's going to be a big deal that he is going to be on. Maybe they're trying to get ahead of that. Maybe that's part of this. Oh, that's definitely going to fold in. Although there are people, I mean, didn't, I, I can't remember. We rarely say anything off air with like our guests and we do on air. Like I, it's almost never true, but just in case I'm not going to say, who, but I definitely had two different conversations with people I respect who kind of, you know, were involved a little bit in getting that thing off the ground, kind of had, you know, were, that's just. And tr- I, I getting think true social off the ground? Yeah, I think, and this is not Garland, if anyone were to think it's Garland, definitely not Garland, but, but I'm just thinking out loud, sorry, is that. 
like it seems pretty legit to me. You know what seems legit to me? I don't. Right. Trump doesn't seem legit to me, but the people who, you know, I mean, just because somebody like believes in Trump doesn't make me not think I agree. legit. I, I just, agree. So I feel like there are a lot of people who are legitimately putting in with this thing and and really trying to put in time and money into it, really trying to get it off the ground. I think. The key is that he's going to be on it. If he's on it, it will yeah. work, in my opinion. I didn't even know it was called Truth Social, so this could be something that was, came and I went. love that name. The name is like a troll. Everything is a troll these days. <laughs> that name is definitely a troll. Holy crap, you're so right. So like our, or my tagline on Twitter is Truth, Liberty, and Justice. What we talk about is a perspective of Truth, Liberty, and Justice. Oh, crap. Did I just dog whistle? Good, great. There you great. go. <laughs> Come on, Truth Social. We're here Everything for you. Everything is a dog whistle these Plenty days. Plenty of room under the tent. Let's go, Brandon. Speaking of dog whistles. I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. I love that. So, so if I were ever to get a tattoo, I think it would say, let's go, Brandon. Not even because I don't like Joe Biden, but just because it's so fantastically brilliant, organic, authentic. Like, there's no chance it's that it's inauthentic, right? Like in your I don't mind. think so. You I do think I do think the ACLU is going to classify it as hate speech eventually, but I I think it seems pretty authentic to me. And there was a sign at the Braves game we from a, a listener Ken. He sent an, an image from a screenshot of the game, and it said because the Braves are going to the World Series, and it said let's party like it's 1999. One guy holding up a sign in the stands, and next because the last time the Braves went to the World Series in '99, and a little bit behind him was somebody holding up a "Let's Go Brandon" sign. <laughs> Was it Ken? Hold no. The sign? No. He just caught it. He was watching the game That's and he so took a screenshot great. of it. Oh, my God. And they were chanting it when I was at the game. No last, way. The first oh, series. Yeah. yeah I think people chanting told it. me. I'm a little Mai Tai headed, but. Well, wow. you were in Hawaii for a little while. And yeah, that was so fun. The Braves, while you were there, are going to the World Series for the first time in 22 years. And instantly, it was politicized. In a variety of ways, I'm going to give you a little sampling of how it's been politicized already. Almost immediately after the Braves won, Brian Kemp tweets out a comment about, you might recall the Braves were supposed to host the All-Star game, but it was taken away from them because of their racist voting laws that the media lied about over and over again and moved to Colorado, who has very similar voting laws in many ways, but just puts on a (laughs) social justice front. (laughs) Filled with nothing but white people it just in Colorado, was not Georgia. That's all. Exactly. And Brian Kemp tweets out. Where's his tweet? He says, "While Stacey Abrams and the MLB stole the All Star Game from hardworking Georgians, the Braves earned their trip to the World Series this season and are bringing it home to Georgia." Now, what's this tweet do? This tweet immediately puts back at the top of people's minds the conversation about Georgia's quote racist voting laws. So get ready to hear all about that. Get ready for Stacey Abrams to take the stage again. The population of Colorado is four percent black. I know. It's how it's so ridiculous. It's fifty percent in Atlanta. I in think. Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> Atlanta's one of those racially diverse cities. Oh, it's like Brazil. Like it's totally race, sexual orientation. It's it's so backwards. It's the, it's the this propaganda. Part. Yeah. So we're going to hear about that again. That's going to be a major issue. That's going to get Abrams a platform to fundraise and to start sending people to phone banking and text banking and all this. So that's going to become a major issue again. The next way that it was propagandized, and we're going to hear more and more about this, probably from the mainstream media, is this is now going to be the World Series because they're going to be playing the Astros. It's going to be the cheating Astros versus the racist Braves and their tomahawk chop. Change the name, Atlanta. 
Because the Astros are cheaters, right? Exactly. And they already got the Cleveland Indians to change their name. They're going to be, I can't remember what they're going to be called next year. The Guardians, maybe? The Cleveland oh, Guardians? yeah. Can I tell you something about that real quick? Yeah. A listener called who said her, uh, her, I think her husband was like a chief or definitely an active member of the tribe. And they love these names. Braves, Indians, Chiefs. I mean, that's she was saying her family loves. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying, of course, why not? Who who wouldn't want your legacy despite being really treated? Well, the Indian's name was named to honor. Of course. And I think it was an individual so Native American. I have, to, I have to double check that, but it was named in honor of somebody in the Native American community. So, and then they changed it, you know. And, and it's so, it's like Aunt Jemima. I hate to say it, but they took they took her face off of the maple syrup, and she was a real person, and it was her recipe, and she was very proud of it. <laughs> I know her family's like, absurd. please don't do this. Yeah. So. Travis if I Tritt. recall that correctly, I assume I... Sorry to interrupt you. I just... It's okay. I, I don't have that. I didn't like re-research that, but that was what I remember reading about that yeah. change of... Well, it's the symbolic nature of it that they, they put out to the public and they just change it but based on that regardless what, of the reality. But the symbol the symbolism changed because they made a change. Right. Yeah. They manipulated it. So, Travis Tritt, who is now a sim- symbol of anti-vaccine because he refuses to play venues that require vaccination cards, and that caused a big uproar, and he was scheduled to sing the national anthem for Game 6 of the World, uh, not the World Series, but the National League Championship Series oh. a- in Atlanta, and everybody, well, not everybody, people in the media called for him to not do it. They said, do they don't let him do it. require vaccinations there? No. They okay, do not. You don't, have to, you don't have to show anything when you go to the game. You don't have to wear a mask. None of it. Well, he sang, and that caused an outrage. It was, we wanted the Braves oh, to win. Sang? Yeah, he sang, but since they let that, you know, jerk Travis Tritt sing with his anti-vax stance, I'm not going for the Braves anymore. It's stuff like that's all over Twitter. So the Braves are now becoming the team of anti-vax. I think it would be hilarious if they just they go full in and they have Donald Trump throw out the first pitch at their first home game. Oh. That would be hilarious. Genius. Wow. I would love that. That would be great. Hey, um, yeah, keep going. All right. I'm enjoying. See, I'm, I might not, maybe I'm not uh, pulling my weight, but I'm really. No, you're fine. You're on vacation, so we're welcoming you back, <laughs> kind of easing warm you in. Up. <laughs> CNN, I've been talking about this, how they're tying together. Everything from the vaccine to questioning the election to anybody who even you know doesn't hate Trump trying to get it all into this one big Nazi worldwide Nazi they want to create. Well, CNN made a direct action to do that yesterday. Here is what Stelter said in presenting one of his little his little segments. He goes, "Why is there so much overlap between the big lie and the vaccine lie?" Why do so many people who believe in the big lie also believe in the vaccine lie and have anti-vax stance? The answer, and they brought on a psychologist, and the psychologist said, it's about identity. When you believe in a leader like Donald Trump, you believe in everything they say. 
It's what? about the leader. Yeah, this was this was what his perspective was. So Trump, it's about all this misinformation they hear from their local leaders. Starts with the leader at the top, and then it goes trickles down to the local leaders, their peers, their news sources they tune into on social media, to people they follow on social media, and their local community leaders and peers. So it all aligns, trickles down to their influence at each level, and that is why if you believe one, you believe all. I would say that is the characteristic of a cult of personality. And I do believe that Trump has that. But if you're saying that's true for all all leaders and the people, I mean, I guess if you want to define it as leader and follower. What he was saying is that the reason people believe in anti-vax and also believe in in what they call the big lie, questioning the election, isn't because there's any merit to any of it. Isn't because they questioned it or critically thought. It's simply because they like Donald Trump. They're in the basket. Yes. And that ties all of those three together, puts them in that basket, and then they can then be classified as domestic terrorists by the FBI in six months or however long until they start doing that. Right, right. That is how, yeah, you're right. That is how they make... That's actually very interesting because what did somebody say to me? Uh, I forget. It was it, it, it was like when we were watching. I brought to you a story about a London-based morning show where a young woman said she infiltrated the incel chat rooms. And when you hear words like based and red pilled, <laughs> you will find a white supremacist. Just like the CFR chick said, uh, if you find homesteaders or people can tomatoes or whatever, those are the same people who are ending up being white supremacists. So if you see tomatoes, white supremacy. If you see here, it can say based white supremacy. And they're going to throw, I, I've even seen like some sidelong references to this. They're going to throw the word. They've already thrown Patriot, thrown Patriot in there. And I'm Let's not. Let's go patriot. Brandon. I don't believe Patriot. Yeah. But Liberty. Liberty yeah. is going to be in there. And it's because Liberty. Oh, you hide behind Liberty because you want to kill people with your non-vaxiness. You know. And actually, did you see Cat Duckness sent me this video of thousands of New York workers, firefighters, cops and everything marching across the Brooklyn Bridge this morning. I saw that. Yeah. And, you know, the cops and the firefighters, you can't really mess with them because they kind of rule the roost there. So this is I mean, they'll probably put those guys down, get rid of them, whatever, because they can't brook dissent like that. But they they're not getting mowed over. They know they're doing a protest without licenses and stuff. That's interesting to me. There was people outside of the Brooklyn Nets arena protesting (gasps) in favor of Kyrie Irving. Who would even think that the New Yorkers and the cops and the firemen would step up? I'm so proud of them. That's what you see. They've been using those that the unions and the numbers and the collective bargaining and the voting blocks for decades in New York, decades so that the people at the top had the power of the vote, had the power of the union dues and everything. And boy, you know, they might. They might have a little bit of a problem on that. I think they've found the line. I think they've found the line that they yeah. can, can can cross. And that's I great. Want, Let's back off then. I hope they right. back off. 
Yeah, me too. I want to tell you one more thing about that because that guy did provide somewhat of a solution to what they called a delusion. They called these people, the people who question the vax, the people who question who are into the big lie, they called them literally delusional. And he said that this group of people, the solution is not necessarily clinical. They don't have to go to the clinic, but what they need is they need social support. They need people in their social environment who are willing to give them accurate information. Now, there is a lot of interpretations <laughs> of what that could actually mean. Well, if they they're going to be don't, don't yeah. want truth social. Right. Yeah. Are they going to be sending people to well, they already are sending people to the local congregations of churches to uh, they already try to get people in your social media feeds to try and what they say, give you correct information. Two things I'll say. There has been the faith Faith, the faith leaders they have been targeting for ever since you started playing rock fan videos for me or whatever, bringing clips. It's always been the faith leaders. They always go to the faith leaders. So, man, watch out if your faith leader. Actually, I changed my church because my faith leader, we got a new faith leader and he opened this sermon with some vax shit. And I was oh like, gosh. he was likening like, you know, superstitious people. That, that's what they're doing. They're saying like, if you're anti-vax for religious reasons, because you're superstitious, because God's going to take care of you. That's literally what my priest said in, well, my former priest said in my church and I moved. So my faith leader is unacceptable. Um, and the other thing that you brought to one of those rife and the most shocking thing I ever saw was when that chick was like, we're going to get in the minds of the adolescent so that when there is a conversation between that person and the parent in the kitchen, a one on one conversation, we are going to be there. We're going to be inside that kid's head. She didn't say it like that, but it was close enough that. So that's what that's what this kind of stuff says to me. I completely agree. Holy cannoli. Okay. Well, we still have one big story left. But before we get to the last big story of the Free 30, and in that story, I'm going to tell you that there is a new needle park on the horizon. I'll tell you what that means and where it's going to be in the last big story of the Free 30. But before I get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR. In the XR... Binkley, you're going to tell us about a promising new home remedy that can help people with one of the most lasting symptoms of COVID. I think I might want to hear about this. And I'm going to ask you, what would Snoopy say about the latest (laughs) Fauci revelation? Oh, wow. And of course, before we get to any of that, a big shout out to one of our longest serving sponsors, the only one we allow to put or who who's putting it in his own words, in his own way, is the most effective way to give you the vibe of what this guy's all about. So hit it, Binkley. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, 
share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. There is a promo code there, Prop 10. I don't actually think that's, I know that's not his actual voice, but it's lovely. I love that commercial. It's super fun. Yeah, it's great. So we do a pro, uh, hope If you want to you... see a Rye Guys shirt, I wore oh, one yeah. during yesterday's video. Oh, did you? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I did. I wore one during the Garland video. Okay, and I wore, I also wore a special shirt during the Garland video. People can see the Garland video on YouTube. Uh, on Propaganda Report, Monica Perez, Garland's channel, and um, Facebook. It's We do it all on Saturdays. Well, we're going to put that in the feed, aren't we? The one from Saturday. Because, yeah, I think so. Because it, it's the update. And it was, it was painful, but it had to be done. <laughs> but anyway, so we hope that you promote, uh, help support our sponsors who help support us. And if you want to support us, we have... All of our content, all of our content is in a, is commercial free, specially made RSS feed for patrons. And that all can be gotten for the entry level tier, the truth sponge tier, which is $7 a month. That's all it is. And it's 50 minutes every day of commercial free. We're doing that Monday through Thursday. Uh, commercial free drive time news blast. And on Friday, sometimes we'll have a DNB. Sometimes we'll have some live stuff, whatever. Uh, but we will always get at least one interview or conversation we've had in your feed on Fridays too. So you're going to get just hours a week of commercial free content. If you become a truth sponge for $7 at patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now on to the last big story of the free 30. It's interesting to me that Rhode Island has decided to do something that Pennsylvania tried to do. Trump, I guess the Trump administration shut it down in Pennsylvania. But there was a thing in Switzerland once called Needle Park, where they said, you know, we're not going to arrest these people anymore, but we don't want druggies everywhere. So we're going to let druggies shoot up in this park and we're not going to persecute them. Well, people came from all around Europe. It was full it was just the, the, the park was just, just covered in needles. I mean, they had to shut it down because it was too much. But I always say that that's my ashtray effect or the hotel room effect where for years I smoked and I smoked in rooms. I didn't smoke in rooms. No, no hotel rooms. Rarely did a hotel room smell like smoke. But then when they made only smoking rooms, those, those rooms were so disgusting. Like even smokers couldn't stay in them anymore. It was just weird. Like you can't like intentionally concentrate people, but that's not really what Rhode Island is up to. They want to get these junkies into the parks, this injection site. They want to test their drugs for them, which is ridiculous. Like the liability behind that's ridiculous. The, the consent element of that is ridiculous, but they're going to see if it's got fentanyl in it and whatever. Who's going to test them? Like specially trained people, uh, nurses. I don't know if they're nurses or what, but they're, the government's going to pay people to be there, experts, whatever, who can test this stuff, who will also have naloxone on them. 
And they'll also provide access to housing, medical care, treatment. Like, it'll be a place to kind of lure people in, I guess. Is naloxone the thing that makes you come back? Yeah. So, nobody wants that. Nobody's going to go there if there's any risk at all that you're going to steal their high from them. And I'm almost wondering if the whole thing is ginned up by Big Pharma because I'm guessing naloxone is really expensive. All drugs have an expiration date. So, if you had to, like, keep keep it on hand all the time. For overdoses. Yeah, right? it's for okay, overdoses. Yeah. But if you're not, if you just nod out, because this is what happens, you do junk, you nod out, like you fall asleep right away and then you wake up and you're high. So if they jam you in the heart with this shit or wherever they get, administer it, every time somebody nods out, nobody's going to go there because people wake up pissed off that they got their Jones and you just took it away from them. So anyway, it's not a popular thing. It's not going to address, but there's definitely something up with this. It is definitely something weird. And one of the entities that are behind it is an entity called People's Action. And it's just a laundry list of these institutions, these basically Democrat front organizations. I don't know what the hell they're up to, but even in the article I was reading, it said there is absolutely no evidence that this would work in reducing overdose deaths. And that's exactly the only thing that it's supposed to do. Get this though. So I'm reading this Wall Street Journal article and this is, this is like the featured argument. So right after it says there's no evidence, then it has this, it says Rhode Island state rep Edith Ayeho, a Democrat said, the death of her best friend's son to an overdose during the pandemic helped convince her that safe use sites would help prevent deaths across the state. Supervised consumption sites can help to cut these losses, she said. So, Binkley, would you just do me a favor because I'm a little fuzzy on this? Can you explain to me the what was her reason for believing that the safe use sites would work? Because of the death of one of her friend's children? She knows someone who died. Hmm. Hmm. I know someone who died. But I just never made that connection. Yeah. Anyway, so it did say that overdose deaths were up 30% in 2020. I believe that. Yeah, me too. It went on to say that it kills more people than car crashes. So I'm thinking car crashes. So... There's always this number, like car crashes and overdose deaths, 30%. If in the old days, if I recall correctly, a lot of ODs are pharmaceuticals. I mean, I believe Tom Petty and Carrie Fisher went, went out from ODing on pharmaceuticals. And the, the first time I ever saw a stat of that, it was 15,000 people OD on legal drugs. So, and then it says kills more than car crashes. It's always been a rule of thumb for me, to, if I recall correctly. There's always around 30, 35,000 car crash deaths. There's usually around 30, 35,000 homicides. So I was looking and I was thinking gun murder. So we did that lot conversation, the conversation with John Lott. If people haven't heard that, listen to that. And he points out this thing I never thought of. They always talk about gun homicides. Homicides can include justifiable homicide. So defensive use of guns to prevent murder is in the number they tell us they want to reduce, which is bullshit. So you can't find a strictly, I couldn't find, I'm sure if I look at his stuff, I can find it. I could not find in researching for this story, the number of just murders using a gun, because I wanted to compare it to these numbers here. And it you can get it down to, um, there were 19,000 homicides using guns, which they were limiting to murders and non-negligent homicide. But non-negligent could also mean justifiable. 
So it's intentional, but it's defensive. They won't give me the number for murders. So I just, that is definitely something that, that alone was worth talking to John Lott. We're going to talk. That whole interview is great. And his, his research stuff is just, it's great. It's all about data. So um, I also am worried that like you have a needle park like this, they're going to use it for it. You're going to have to register, no doubt. Are they going to put you on a no gun list right from that? I really I think Hawaii tried to do that with people who went to the pot registry. No doubt they're going to have vaccinations all around that place. They're going to make sure you're vaccinated. There's just this is just a whole a whole nother level of um trying to lure these people in for all sorts of ulterior motives, in my opinion. And I would just close with saying Portugal, about 20 years ago, just decided to stop enforcing their drug user criminal laws. And I do want to see what the last time I checked on that, the results were at least not bad, if not good. It's been 20 years. Who knows? But Sounds like a Tuskegee-like clinical trial to me. Oh, wow. Well, I think you bring your own drugs, which is another crazy thing. I mean... Oh, it's BYOD? I think so. I think so. Yeah, that sounds like a definite trial of sorts to me. It says, is this in Rhode Island? Rhode Island, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. I just... I mean, that is not what you see is what you get. No. Absolutely. Nuh-uh. So, well, another... Another I was going to say, glad to have you back, by the way. Oh, That's thank you so much. Say. I'm going to wrap. So this, right. is, this is the right time to say that. So another great interview that we did recently, probably just the one before John Lott, was Jim Gale, who does Food Forest Abundance. You may have heard him. He's on a couple of other podcasts, not too many. Uh, we're staying in touch with him. Uh, and one of our listeners is in a similar business. He shouts out to Jim Gale. These guys are very like change the world oriented. So I don't know how competitive they are. I think they would just like people to move in this direction. So this is a listener and patron saint of ours who is shouting out to Jim Gale and everyone who has joined up with the Food Forest Abundance Network and anyone out there looking to increase self-sufficiency through growing food or homesteading. He, our friend whose shout out I'm giving, I'm not going to use his name because I don't know if, if he wants me to. It's just about his business. He's a Georgia tech engineer, a general contractor, and a permaculture practitioner in Charlotte, North Carolina. His business is called Ecologic Homestead Solutions. It's... um ecologichomestead.com e-c-o-l-o-g-i-c-h-o-m-e-s-t-e-a-d.com he would love to connect with current or prospective head homesteaders he's looking for motivated young interns so if he was near that's me cool. that's what i one thing i wanted from jim gales i know lots of teenagers who could use to get their their fingers in the dirt so he's looking for people like that if you or someone you know wants to learn by getting your hands dirty or want to jumpstart your own homesteading adventure, please reach out to ecologichomestead.com. I like it. Spread the love. Spread it. You see, as a Georgia Tech fan, I really appreciate when Georgia Tech can showcase its its really its strengths here in, in the engineering. And he's a Georgia Tech engineer because it's usually not on the playing field that we're we are able to, I, I to showcase so, the strengths. So you're saying tech isn't is only bad at sports, but it's really I'm saying good get rid of the sports programs and give all the money <laughs> to the science department and the math department. Wow. And let's cheer them. Wow, you are bitter. 
Well, I, I, one of the things I tweeted when the Braves lost, I thought they were going to blow it. It was uh, the only thing worse than being a Georgia or a Braves fan is a Georgia Tech fan. Unfortunately, I'm both. And Dude, I've Braves never won. heard. Well, I've never been more down on Georgia Tech than when you talk about being a fan. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, now <laughs> we should be up on you. it. They we don't should. need your kind no, of fan. No, they don't. They do not need me as a fan, but we're stuck with each other. All right. That was awesome. Thank you, Monica. Glad to have you back. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.